This is 105.9 The Region, where parents talk and explore practical, proactive, and evidence-based solutions. This is Where Parents Talk with Leanne Castellino. Great to have you along for this edition of Where Parents Talk here on 105.9 The Region. Thanks for sharing part of your day with us. I'm your host, Leanne Castellino. Every week, we convene parents from all walks of life to discuss evidence-based research, lived experience, and scientifically proven strategies to help raise children, with a specific focus on teens, youth, and young adults. On today's agenda, what would you do if your son or daughter told you they may not actually be the gender they were born into? That precise scenario played out for each of our first two guests at very different points in their parenting journeys. It compelled them to self-publish a book on the topic. Individuals who experience a profound disconnect between their biology at birth and how they feel internally about being either male or female are defined as transgender. The most recent Canadian statistics captured in a national survey in 2018 indicate that there are about 75,000 transgender or non-binary people in Canada, aged 15 years and older. Brianna Simons is a registered clinical social worker and a mother of two who runs a private therapy practice in South Shore, Nova Scotia. Cynthia Sweeney is a mother of three, a diversity, equity, and inclusion educator, and an entrepreneur. Together, they are behind a book called The Pink Balloon, self-published in the fall of 2021. Cynthia and Brianna join us today from Nova Scotia. Welcome to Where Parents Talk, ladies. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Cynthia, I'd like to begin with you. When did you first know about or what did you understand specifically about gender diversity before you became a parent? Oh, very little. Uh, To be honest, I always just assumed that your sex is assigned at birth was what defined you as being, you know, one uh, one sex or the other male or female, and that it was kind of intertwined with gender identity. We didn't really have a lot of education. Um, and still, um, I think we're growing up in, in our generation, but even for children now, there wasn't really a lot of talk around gender identity. Uh, and so I had very little, very little going into being a parent. And up until our child was able to express to us how they've been feeling. Tell us about that. At what point did it become clear that your child was transgender? And looking back, there were probably clues from when they were quite young, um, not as young as as Brianna's child, but um, certainly they were there. But having had two older um, sisters, some of those clues were kind of refreshing, if you know what I mean. Like we had so much pink and Barbie and all of that in the house. So to have a younger child um looking to play with uh toys that were a little bit off the mainstream when you think about uh girls toys um it was kind of it was refreshing for us and we thought no this is great we can bring in thomas the train and all of that we never once considered the idea that our our youngest was actually a boy and then um the teacher started reading a book to the class in grade five the book is called george although it's on the journey of being rebranded to Melissa's story. And it features um, the lead character being a trans child. And as this story was being read to the class over a series of weeks, 
our child would come home and at the dinner table would say things like, mom, did you ever wish that you had had a boy? Or mom, if, uh, if you had a boy, what would you have called him? And again, you know, it's funny, I didn't really put the dots together uh, until they actually came home with the teacher had finished reading the story. And they came home one day very upset, very, um, a lot of fear and sort of panic and said they really needed to talk and they really needed me to believe them. And they told us then that they are, in their words, they said something that's called transgender and that they were born in the wrong body. That was their language. Now, every transgender person has a very unique story, a very unique journey to them. And not all trans people feel that way. Some are 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 happy with their body and don't experience gender dysphoria. But our child was very adamant that um, that they their body was wrong and that they are a boy and they needed us to help them. What age was your child and what was your immediate reaction at that point? Ten years old and um, confusion, fear, um, fear because I, I didn't understand. I think my, my background knowledge was associated to something like drag, you know, drag queen dressed as a girl. I'd seen Priscilla Queen of the Desert. I had just thought, okay, it, it's more about presenting. I didn't realize that it was something internal. So I was very sort of afraid of not what I didn't know as a parent and what this would mean for my child as far as their life and, and, and the, the, the trajectory of their life. And as a parent, nobody wants their child to you know, experience harm or isolation or, or danger. And, and so I didn't know what that meant at the time. So there probably was a lot of fear, but then it was very split for me. It was an instant that, okay, I need to help them. So I need to figure this out. I do have a background in journalism. I'm good at researching. And so I knew that I needed to set aside my own fears because if as they were seeing that in my face, it was not helping the situation. And then well, I dealt with my own feelings um, separately. I would support them um, separately as well. And so over a period of sort of a weekend, I figured out how to talk to my husband, who we talk about absolutely everything. And this was probably the only time that we've, I've ever had a moment of, okay, how is this going to go? Um, and, and, and what do I do? So there was a lot of, you know, investigation. So like in that, I wanted to connect with the school to find out what does this mean? Was this book influential in this happening? Um, and they were, we were very lucky that the school had a guidance counselor who had worked with trans youth and were able to give us some really great information and support because if I had have just gone right to Google, um, the life of my child might have had a very negative um, trajectory instead of the way it did go because of the amount of misinformation that exists around trans youth. Absolutely. You are listening to Where Parents Talk here on 105.9 The Region. I'm Leanne Castellino in conversation about transgender parenting with the authors of a book published in the fall of 2021 called The Pink Balloon. Cynthia Sweeney and Brianna Simons are our guests. Cynthia, I just want to pick up on one of the points you made when you talked about the clues that your child gave you, even at that young age of 10. Were there any other clues that now, looking back, armed with all the experience and knowledge 
that you have that you wished you'd recognize back then? They would fight uh, around wearing a dress for an occasion. They never wanted to wear really feminine clothes, tights. Um, they said hurt their skin and made them feel itchy. They said it felt like they were burning if I tried to put little tights and a dress on, on them. Um, as we were leading towards them telling us, they had gone to start cutting their hair shorter and shorter. And I had short hair at the time and they had said, oh, I just want to look like you, mom. But that wasn't, that wasn't true. They were actually trying to look more masculine, but hadn't shared that with us at the time. Brianna, let's uh, hear from you now. Your story of being a transgender parent began a little earlier. Tell us how you found out from your child and at what age that occurred. For us, the actual time that we were told was when our child was four. Um, and it came about following um, a friend's party where there was other children there. And the way that um, our daughter articulated it was was to say, you know, that girl at the party, it was, it was a new um, person that they had met. And um, she said, I'm actually a girl like her. And we kind of asked her, so what is this feeling like for you? And what does it mean as far as um, what you need from us? Do you want us to call you our daughter instead and um, use different pronouns? So it all happened quite quickly. But for us, we did experience a lot of the early signs. Like when it happened, there was already kind of a progression happening. So there was no like shock or surprise. It, it wasn't something that um, I guess we didn't expect at that point. When she was three was when there was really more of an overt kind of expression and shift in some things for her. Um, one of them being that she asked us to stop cutting her hair um, and wanted to grow it out. Um, a lot of specific things around clothing and appearance. So she, I, rem I remember very vividly one day her saying like, mom, I don't like my clothes. And I was like, well, what do you mean you don't like your clothes? What did you like about them? And um, she said, I just don't like a lot of the colors of them. And at, at this point, like we had a variety of different things as well, because we knew that she was gravitating towards, um, well, pink. The pink has always been her favorite color since I feel like 18 months. Um, so she had different clothes that had um, pinks and purples. But I asked her to kind of show me and we went into her bedroom and she opened her drawers and I said, take out whatever clothes you're not liking, what you feel like you don't want to wear. And I, I took a picture of it afterwards because um, I knew that this was, I knew that we were on a path and something more was kind of um, happening for her. And I had, there was a pile of red, gray, black, blue clothes um, and like very structured pants and jeans and that kind of stuff that were all in one pile. And the other pile of the clothes that she did like were the pinks, purples. Um, I believe she had one dress at the time because she had asked for it like back when she was even um, two years old. And um, so it, it, even just in that, it was kind of a visual um, for us that there was something that was occurring for her. And um also the other thing we noticed is um as her hair was growing longer and she was predominantly wearing more of the pinks and purples um in clothing she was starting to get misgendered in relation to um her 
assigned at birth sex. And so this was prior to her um, telling us that she was a girl. And so that shift was also a big indicator for us because when um, she'd be misgendered, which in fact would have been in alignment with um, who she is now, we would say to her, you know, when people say that, does it bother you? Do you want us to correct them? And at first it was, yes, you can correct them and tell them that I'm, that I'm a boy. And then um, just within a matter of like, I want to say even like a month or two, um, again, we would do the check-in when she was being misgendered out in public. And then it shifted into, no, you don't really need to say anything. You don't have to correct them. And then it shifted into uh, when they do that, you can just go along with it and you can like call me a girl too and call me your daughter and kind of go along with what they think. So it was a gradual thing that we were seeing. So um, again, when she told us, it was really not a surprise for us. It was kind of like, okay, now we can see kind of all the things that have been transpiring over the last year, how it's all fitting together for us. We are going to continue our conversation about transgender parenting with Cynthia Sweeney and Brianna Simons, authors of the book, The Pink Balloon, when Where Parents Talk continues after the break. Want to learn more about the show? Email info at whereparentstalk.com. Stick around. Leanne Castellino and Where Parents Talk will be right back on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to Where Parents Talk. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Here's Leanne Castellino. Welcome back. Cynthia Sweeney and Brianna Simons are two moms who were strangers when they met at a support group for parents of trans children in Nova Scotia a few years ago. They join us today to talk about gender identity and how each of their family's experience with a trans child led to the creation of a storybook called The Pink Balloon. Brianna, you're a clinical social worker, and your child, born a boy, revealed they identify more as female at the age of four. What steps did you and your family take next? The next steps that we took was really just um, exploring where she was at, what she needed, um, what for her, like what this meant for her, was it just that she needed to tell us and that she didn't really want to do anything beyond that? Or was there something that needed to shift in her world or with how we related to her or how she um, was seen in public and to the world? And so it was interesting because um, I'm I'm so in awe of her, but also other um, transgender and gender expansive children because I feel like they just have such a knowing about them that's even beyond most adults and their own awareness of identity because she knew what she needed. Like she said, like I want um I want a lot of dresses, <laughs> and I said, how many dresses do you want? And she said seven. So like that was kind of an indication of like I want to wear a dress every day. Um, and she wanted to get like barrettes and different things for her hair and start doing her hair in ways that felt more, um, feminine and aligned with that. She wanted her friends to know, and she wanted the school that she was going to at the time. It was, she, like, she was young. So she was in like a kindergarten type program. Um, but she was ready for it. She was ready for us to tell everybody. Um, she said that, 
Um, she did want us to refer to her as our daughter, use she, her pronouns. She also, without us even making any comments about this, she said to us, um, I want a different name. And, um, so it was just this knowing that we didn't even necessarily know at the time was going to be a part of all of it. Um, so we just really followed her lead at, you know, at that stage and, um, tried to move at the pace that she was ready for. I'd like to talk about the pink balloon and how it came to be. Cynthia, you wrote the book and you started this project uh, about two years ago. Can you tell us what compelled you to want to tell the story and write this book? When my child first gave me the language to be able to understand the feelings that they've been grappling with inside, it was very important, I think, because, you know, as parents, we want to have a village. It's important to have, you know, other parents and, and, and information that you can connect with so that you can, you know, better understand your options and supports. And I found that that was very difficult, that for parents, you know, finding other parents with young transgender children um, was, was, was very tricky. And I, I probably should preface that as well on the base of my knowledge at the time and sort of where I started at ground zero, uh, there's probably a generational gap between Brianna and I. Um, and my children were all born in Ireland, in Dublin, Ireland. And we lived in a very Catholic, um, the schools were very sort of Catholic and, and separated by gender from uh, grade two. And so I, I didn't, I didn't, have that village. There was when I reached out to parents, there was nobody really that understood the idea that children could could know their gender identity. And so I wanted to to find one and I found out that I needed to create one. So I had started a support group for uh, trans parents of trans and gender expansive children. And through PFLAG Canada, I started a chapter of PFLAG Halifax and then we created a monthly support group and it quickly grew. And I met Brianna there. That's how 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 we connected, and there was kind of this really in, amazing connection right away. And meeting her and hearing about her own journey and her child's experiences from a young age, and seeing the confidence that they have um, when they are able just to express themselves from an early age and and be accepted. And I really had wanted to write a story for a long time because. I acknowledged the fact that my child had been erased all through their elementary school career at that point. And through primary, grade one, grade two, grade three, they'd been grappling with these feelings inside them and feeling like I don't fit in this world. There's no space for me. There's something wrong with me. And I really wanted to be able to connect to parents younger and give a story into the world. And I know there are other stories for young children, but I really wanted a story that really talked about gender identity and was a good gentle way for families and teachers to introduce concepts earlier so that other children didn't have to experience um, what my children or, or what my child or, or older um, transgender youth experience when they're not given that language until they're older. And so Brianna shared with me her story um, that essentially inspired the pink balloon and we were on a working weekend together. And when she shared it to me, I just said, that's it. This is the story that needs to be written. And it is inspired by her story, but there's certain 
elements that have been woven through the book that encapsulate the best of both of our journeys. Um, but ultimately, I just thought this is a really beautiful and happy narrative that should be shared with the world. This is Where Parents Talk here on 105.9 The Region. I'm Leanne Castellino in conversation about trans parenting with the authors of a book published in the fall of 2021 called The Pink Balloon. Cynthia Sweeney and Brianna Simons are our guests. Brianna, why was the creation of this storybook an important project for you to be part of? Being a clinical social worker, primarily I work with um, children and youth and families, and I do child and play-based therapies. So for me, um, just books can be inspiring in a lot of ways and they can create um, an experience between parents and children. And I feel like this book not only gives a story that is quite identifiable um, to many people just in the parenting experience, but there's also language in it and definitions for the parents that really haven't had a whole lot of exposure it's going to give them some more context and, and hopefully um, sparks that desire to want to learn more. Um, that was the biggest thing that I found when we were even sharing um, with our family and extended friends where um, things were shifting for our family and that um, our child identified as a transgender girl. A lot of it is... Um, People have people had never had someone in their life or personal experience with um, transgender individuals. And so I find a lot of people don't tend to seek out knowledge that that to them they feel like isn't meaningful or the, or they don't need to know. And the fact is, it is meaningful just in life in general, like there's potential to encounter people in of all walks of life. So I hope this book kind of inspires um, adults, whether parents, teachers, anybody who reads it, to just really navigate and explore and gain more information about diversity around gender identities, because it can be very um, limiting if people don't seek that out on their own. So it's almost like not only is it going to allow children to feel as though there's representation for them if they do identify in that way and they're seeing this book or, or hearing this book read to them, but it's also going to expand the knowledge of the people who are reading it so that maybe they can educate themselves around the topic in a, in a greater way. Cynthia, I imagine it must be even more impactful for you because your child uh, learned uh, in large part about uh, their gender um, identity questions by being read a book. So let me ask you, what would be your top three tips for parents whose children may be exploring their gender uh, on what they can do and how they can handle this revelation by their child? Sure. I think for parents um, that might realize that their child is exploring their gender identity, um, firstly, don't be afraid to listen and, and listen um, fully with, with, with your heart. Um, and you know, allowing our children to show us who they are in the world um, is so enriching. And um, I think 
to let go of the fear. I think going into parenting, we have a lot of ideas and expectations of who our children are going to be. But I think we really just need to relax and 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 realize that we're here. Um, parenting isn't ownership. Um, and we're here to celebrate and support our children um, and and walk alongside them. And so I think, you know, following their lead. Um, and then the third, so the fear and then the listening, let go of the fear, listen with your heart, but also really be careful about the language that you use with your children because um, they listen to everything. And, and the, the, the messages that we receive still from society is so binary and children pick up on that. And so if you're having conversations that maybe are giving, um, putting expectations on your child that they have to fit into these boxes. Um, it can be very limiting and, and can create fear for them. Um, that, that fear of loss of love from a, from a parent, um, a fear of loss of community and friendship in their peers in school, it's huge. And, and that has a huge impact on, on some children not being able to express their feelings until they're older. And so I think being cognizant of that and, and, and helping to create space for them to really share and know that you're going to love them for whoever they are is, is really important. Brianna, final word to you uh, and the same question. What do you hope readers of this book and educators, parents as well, uh, whoever comes into contact with the pink balloon, what do you hope they take from it? That there's a lot more out there um, in regards to kind of expanding their knowledge, expanding their community. Um, and even that they have the ability to kind of shift and um, help co-create a positive experience for their child um like Cindy had mentioned there can be a fear sometimes there can be a lot of misinformation and so I think for me I speak of this a lot even just in my work is the importance of building your community and creating a community both for yourself and for your child um it's out there. <laughs> Cindy and I, like Cindy started a group, Cindy and I started a group together um, in a more rural area of Nova Scotia. And I feel like there's so much opportunity to have um, even more kind of groups and connections for people. But once you find that, um, it's amazing how many families and children and people are out there that have similar experiences and there can be so much knowledge and um and just uh, really a sense of comfort in that knowing that um there's other people that have an understanding for your experience as well and i found for my child because of both um her young age and that we were able to really kind of i guess expedite the process of of getting all the resources and connections we needed she's she doesn't know that there is any need to hold back um with who she is and she's never had an experience of negativity towards her being transgender and just being herself so um that's been big because she's seen representation and she's um she's had a community built around her ever since she can remember 
So I hope that this book not only educates um, and allows people to kind of seek out more education, but also helps to um, create a sense of community as well. Brianna Simons and Cynthia Sweeney, co-authors of The Pink Balloon, thank you both for taking the time to share your story with us today. Thank you. Thanks for your interest. And that is it for this edition of Where Parents Talk. Thank you for joining us and hope to see you next time. Sign up for Leanne's parenting newsletter and so much more at whereparentstalk.com. This is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region. 